Welcome to Masters of the Educational Universe with your host, Dr. Jackie Throngard. And welcome back to Masters of the Educational Universe. Tonight we are going to talk about the second part of the human performance technology model, mostly the cause analysis to the evaluation. So in the last podcast, we talked about organizational and environmental analysis to get us started on the path to increasing human performance and identifying that gap. So based off of the information that we gathered before, where do we even start? Well, let's separate our information into two groups, the environmental supports and the behavioral issues. Here, I would like to introduce a new model called the Behavioral Engineering Model, or the BEM, that was created by Thomas Gilbert in 1996. The BEM will help you dissect the organizational and environmental analysis that you have already performed. There are six factors to the BEM, data, instrumentation, incentives, knowledge, capacity, and motives. Now, in our HPT model, we are trying to evaluate what we believe are the causes of the gap between the desired workforce and the actual workforce, which is also called the cause analysis. The cause analysis is broken into two major sections, lack of environmental supports, and lack of repertory behavior. Working the BEM into the HPT model cause analysis can be broken down as follows. Lack of environmental supports should encompass the factors of data, instrumentation, and incentives, and the lack of behaviors should encompass the facts of knowledge, capacity, and motives. So now we're gonna discuss some of the questions that help us figure out what to do with this information. In the beginning, we asked some specific questions. And so we're going to put those questions now into these six different categories. In environmental, we should ask these particular questions. For the section of data, we should be asking, do typical performers know what they're expected to do? What does the worker know about the position and responsibilities? What are the expectations about work completion? How does the process get completed from start to finish? Is there a set of procedures for a workflow process in place now? And who is responsible for each step of the process or procedure? The second part of environmental is the instruments, and we should be looking at, do they have the appropriate tools to do their job? What are the tools that are available to complete the organization or the area's objectives? And what tools are currently being used to complete this work? Finally, in environmental, we're looking at incentives, and those are the rewards for doing a good job. What are they? How do they earn them? Next, we're going to move to the second category, which is behavioral. In the knowledge section, we should be asking, do they have enough knowledge to do their job? What skills does the worker have? What is the society of the organization like? What is the social responsibility like? Next, we're going to move to capacity. Are they capable of performing or are they ready to do the job? What understanding of process or workflow does this individual have? Who is performing the work and what has the work looked like up to this point? Then we'll move to motives. Are they motivated to perform the job? What is the motivation to complete the work? What is the culture of the area that you are working? Now, after we have answered the above questions, we have some options to consider. First, we need to select an intervention design. One of the biggest mistakes made here is to go for the training answer, which can be known as the hammer syndrome. Hammer syndrome means that you only have one tool in your toolbox and all problems are nails, which can lead to expensive and ineffective fixes for performance issues. So here are a list of designs and tools that can be used to solve the gap. The first is in the forms of performance support. Those are tools and systems to deliver learning at the moment of need electronic and paper-based job aids, fingertip knowledge, such as search engines like Google or professional organizations, rapid authoring systems for subject matter experts, including multi-channel, and publishing. The next tool is in the job analysis or work design. For the job position, the skills and knowledge and attitude, 
the job description, role and responsibilities, and job worth, education experience, compensation. Next, we have personal development. The metrics that we're looking at are, where are we now? What are the person's strengths? What are the person's weaknesses? What are the common feedbacks that they receive? And what other performance indicators do you notice? Also in personal development, we have vision. Where do we want to be? And a plan, how do we get there? And then the evidence, how will we know we've arrived? What are our measurement factors? Next for our toolbox, we have human resource development. We can pull out things like training, career development, performance management and development, coaching, mentoring, succession planning, key employee identification. Then we have organizational communication. Do we do this through email, seminars, web-based training? Then we have organizational design and development. What's the workflow, the management structures and procedures? Is there anything that we can look at in those areas? Then we have the financial systems. They're global, regional, and department specific. Leadership commitment. Will they or have they supported the initiative for change? Feasibility. Should we implement this idea? What is the probability of success? And finally, sustainability. Is this a financially sound investment and improvement? Is there a risk to the social or cultural well-being of the organization by implementing this change? And are stakeholders and management engaged? Once an intervention has been selected, you will then need to focus on making that intervention part of the work environment through change management, process consulting, employee development, project management, and or communications building. This is where the question of what has been tried before and what happened is important. You don't want to make the same mistake twice. Finally, just because we have put a new process in place does not mean that it was effective or that it served its original purpose. You will need to evaluate your process or change in the following four areas. The first one is formative, where you perform the cause analysis, the performance analysis, and you select the design or interventions. The second one is a summative, which takes into account the immediate reactions and the immediate competence. The third is the confirmative, which is continuing competence, job transfer. Did they learn the new skills and use it? Continuing effectiveness. Is it still working? Return on investment. Did this correct the problem to increase productivity or monetary gain? Finally, the fourth area, meta-evaluation and validation, takes in these formative, summative, confirmative inputs and processes along with outputs. It also looks at success stories and the lessons learned. Now you have a complete picture from beginning to end where you're able to now make changes for a positive new work environment. This has been Jackie Throngard for Masters of the Educational Universe. Thank you for listening. Ta-ta! contact Dr. Throngard or to guest, you can find her at JackieThrongard.me, Twitter at JackieThrongard, or LinkedIn as Jackie Throngard. By the way, Throngard is spelled T-H-R-O-N-G-A-R-D.